Hi everyone and welcome to episode two of season two and I'm very happy to welcome Kerry here today and she is a hybrid life and business coach. So welcome Kerry, thank you very much for joining me and can you tell us a bit more about what that means? Yeah, of course. So uh, predominantly, I work with adults who are maybe starting out in business. Um, and just through my own experiences of how difficult that can be. Um, I, I've been a coach for about 20 years, and I've kind of fallen into the business coaching space. But my heart and passion really is around the life coaching space. So that's working with anyone from children, right the way up to adults to help support them with kind of all of those emotional regulations emotional understanding and how that can impact and feed into other areas of their life so when I'm working with somebody in business it's really clear to see that anything that's struggling in my in, in business is usually reflective of what's going on in their life as well so yeah I've been doing that for for like I say 20 years uh, outside of that um, we have a company that actually supports children's mental health and well-being so we have published over 80 books in and around children's mental health and we get those out into schools and they're sponsored by businesses to get them into schools in the local area um, and we also support teachers with well-being and well-being boxes and then we have just launched our children's mental health charity called the Little Bean Foundation which is for children to be able to access grants for support uh, for things like arts, music, education, uh, even therapy and, and things like that, because we know that right now, especially with the current climate, it's really, really difficult to get support for those young people. And so this can kind of be that interim thing that they can turn to whilst they're trying to get the support that they need. That's amazing. And will that be for children to access or for parents and schools to kind of access? Uh, so that will be for well it, it's open to anybody really within uh within the uk they can come to us and apply for a grant and that grant can then go to help to support those children or child with a particular area so for me i um played sport when i was younger and it was um, such a huge impact for me in terms of that communication and team spirit and everything else that came with it uh, i was misdiagnosed with bipolar when i was 18 years old so actually having some sort of outlet was really really important to me Absolutely. whether that be painting art or whatever so this charity is just to show and help children be able to access those tools and resources that are outside kind of normal therapeutic practice that we would know of absolutely and i think it's so important to kind of just think outside the box I know in everything like I do it's actually it's more and I say to teachers all the time actually they're not going to learn if emotionally they're not there anyway and but it's a hard battle to kind of cross sometimes because a lot of people think no it's education you have to be in the classroom and you have to sit down this way and I guess it's breaking that stigma of what education can be yeah, totally. And, and you know, we are so much further than we were when probably we were at school because they're seeing now that they need that support. Uh, so things are being put into place. But as we will hear on the news all the time, you know, it's people, teachers are being driven by statistics and retention and achievement rates and everything else. And actually at the heart of this is a child who is wanting to learn so much more than just education. And it's the life skills and everything else that goes with that that's going to set them up just as much in life if not more so than in that education that they are that they're studying towards yeah and do you notice that teachers well-being has been affected especially with the pandemic yeah massively so uh, my other half is a primary school head teacher 
And it's something that we are really passionate about is trying to help teachers understand their own well-being. Um, and through COVID, you know, I think teachers are often forgotten. I know that it's really, really important, all of those key workers, but I do feel that teachers, therapists have probably been forgotten through this period where they've been working non-stop and they've too have had to you know transition from an in-classroom setting to an online setting to in some cases actually having to do both at the same time and just the stresses and strains that are on them to be able to manage all of that and now children coming back into the classroom who possibly haven't been there for two years and they're struggling in very different ways that we've never experienced before they're now having to deal with that and they're not taught that when they go to be teacher you know so it's just being able to make sure that across the board we're supporting all of those uh, all of those people to to be that that they can be and the happiest and joyful that they can be absolutely and it sounds like it's quite a task though so if you've got kind of three top tips that you would think about when you like well-being for teachers well-being for parents yeah uh the first thing is actually just to pause yeah. Uh, so a lot of the time we're not even stopping we're just kind of head down just keep going keep going keep going uh, so give yourself that space to pause whether that be how can I introduce a you know 10 minute walk in the morning whether that be with a dog and just kind of switch off and not have the phone on but just be be a bit more present um, or even if you're in that school setting are you taking that time to pause and even to go and do something that really lights your fire um, again, as a parent, and one of the things that I hear from parents is kind of that loss of identity when they, when they become that, you know, they all of a sudden are just like, well, I'm just mum or I'm just dad. And it's trying to rediscover who they are. So it's it's pausing to kind of rediscover who you are. So that would be my first point of call is to say pause. Uh, next thing is about connection. I think a lot of the time we feel especially right now I hear a lot is um I just don't want to burden anyone yeah and I know everybody's got it far worse than I or whatever which is is the total from a from a hypnotherapy kind of practice perspective is total mind read or an NLP practice because that's that's not true is that you know it's all relative to us and we're all struggling so to to make sure that we're challenging ourselves to connect because a lot of the time we kind of retreat and we as primitive beings really do need connection so connection with your friends connection with your family but also connection with yourself whatever that is if that's for an adult or a child it might be actually just go go in the bath kids play with the toys yeah Um, you know adults go with a book and some candles and actually make it something that's really nice for you um so connection is the next one so pause connection and the last one will be actually ask yourself what does like your fire what is important for your well-being so some people when they need to rest and recover they perceive that to be I just need to sit and I just need to watch tv um and that's not true rest and recovery might be actual physical activity it might be going for a run that's where you get your rest and recovery so it's realigning what your beliefs are around how can I look after my own well-being from three perspectives your mental health your physical health and a soul health as well because when you get all three aligned then you're really kind of going going for it yeah that's amazing and I think there's so much guilt around all of those like I would so I do a lot of kind of self-care supervision for teachers and I was speaking to a lady yesterday and I gave her homework like three weeks ago of switching her work emails off her phone because I said, why have you got them on there? 
like you've got a busy life at home and she said that she's now trained it that she doesn't look at the phone after eight o'clock and she said it's changed her life and it's just such a simple thing that she hadn't even thought about about how much that was impacting every time it was flashing up on her phone she thought I've got to answer it and actually a teacher's work shouldn't be and I think there's so much pressure on teachers and parents of fitting in all these roles and actually sometimes you have you say have just got to stop yeah it's about setting it's realigning those boundaries isn't it and I think COVID has kind of murkied that water even more so especially with people that are working from home absolutely and so uh our working hours have got longer so whereas a lot of people were like oh this is great I'm working from home maybe I have got more time to be able to um be flexible about when I work so I can take the kids to work to school or you know take them to where they need to be but in doing so, it's kind of stretched those boundaries too far. Yeah. So now they're working more evenings or exactly as you said, switch off your phone or, you know, switch off your notifications. Yeah. Um, you can still check Facebook if you want to check Facebook. But yeah. as silly as it sounds, that little dot in the corner that's saying 15, all of a sudden is like pulling you in. Yeah. But if you don't know it's there, then you're not getting that pull. So it's um, you're not going to miss anything. And I'm sure if people really do need to get hold of you, they will. Yeah. So, yeah, switch those notifications off as well. Yeah, and I think it is about that guilt of not feeling guilty about it. Like, I chose to not look at my work emails all half term because I wanted to be present for my girls and have that time and that rest and recovery, as you say. But there is that pull of, oh, should I? Should I just check? And I was like, no, I've set this boundary. As you say, what's the worst that can happen? Someone will get hold of me if it's an emergency, but I deserve that rest of recovery too but you do you get pulled in and it's about being fair and as you say connecting with people and saying actually I'm not going to do that yeah totally and and telling people and they will totally respect it might be different and they might have to get used to it but that's their stuff to deal with it's it's about you taking that responsibility for yourself and the guilt thing does come up a lot especially with parents uh and I always break this down for people because it's like with shame it's um you've done you are bad and with guilt it's I've done something bad and so when they're saying oh I feel guilty for this I'm like well what have you done that's bad yeah you know and then when they break that down and they see that actually that narrative is not necessarily helping them then they can start to really put into place some really positive steps to to create those boundaries we're just talking about or or to be able to communicate in a different way with themselves and with other people as to what their needs are in that moment yeah, and I think it, as you say, links to that lighting your fire and that guilt of actually, I know personally, I am a better mum if I go and run or I see my friends. I'm not a very nice person if I don't do those things. So therefore, why should I feel guilty about doing something that does light my fire? But it's so much of a conversation and it goes back to that, who were you before you became a parent and who are you now? And actually, you, well, I say that I am still cast. That is my ultimate goal. I love my girls to the pieces, but actually, they're not who I am. Yes. They are a part of me. Yes. And it's also that role modelling, isn't it? Yeah. You, know, you looking after all of those aspects of your own well-being is such a great role model for, for your kids to be able to know and understand that this part of them is really important and that that needs to be carried on for the rest of their life. And if they see that role modelled through you, then that's only going to stand them in good stead for the future. Absolutely. And as you say, it's not about feeling 
guilty about it if like I went out for dinner last night and they were like mummy I don't want a babysitter I was like yeah but mummy needs to mummy needs to connect with her friends she needs to do something for her yes and not sit in the house on my own and watch the telly I need to light my fire and connect with other people and and it's explaining to them why that is and how it's important that's it and then that's the that's the key it is that communication to be able to say you know why do you go off to do your crafting or your art with your friends after school clubs and they can give you all of those reasons and then you say exactly that's why mummy goes off to do her things with her friends because it's really important it helps us and makes us feel really good and so yeah you will always be we will always be needed you know by our parents and vice versa for the rest of our life but but as children like you say they don't necessarily understand when they're younger so it is that communication explaining it uh, but role modeling it of how important it is uh, for them moving forward and you said you do some books for education so what do they look like Uh, so we actually tackle um we call it breaking the silence so we tackle quite difficult topics that not many books will probably explore Uh, we do have a mental health range so uh, we've got Alan Anxiety and Alan Anxiety actually uh, we've joined up with Leicester Tigers uh, Leicester Riders we've got Leicester Hockey uh, we've we've joined with a reflexologist so Alan goes through all of these different kind of avenues to look at ways to help manage his anxiety amazing Uh, Anna, his sister, is also involved, so that's really good. Uh, but then we also tackle topics such as uh, Sophie Shares a Secret, which is about um, understanding um, and being being open to talking about sexual abuse for children and kind yeah. of understanding what their boundaries are. We've got a series for children that have been born through IVF. Um, so, yeah, we, we tackle lots of different things across the spectrum. Uh, we've just released... Um, and do you write them yourself yeah we write so Tracy and I write them ourselves and then we are connected with an illustrator up in Liverpool called Sean Webster he's massive now we've been working with him for years but he's absolutely huge up in Liverpool Um, but he still works with us he still loves drawing the books and yes so like I said we've got 80 different books now that have been published they're on our website and then we connect with businesses and they sponsor us and then we are able to send them out into schools for free so it's just to try and build up their resources and to open up conversations and topics and again parents parents are able to come online and they buy them as well um so it actually started because Tracy lost her dad five years ago uh, and her nephew Aidan was two at the time and really struggling to understand grief and so uh, she wrote The Day Papa Turned It Into a Star, and that actually really helped Aidan. And the feedback we get from a lot of our books about how it's just helped a parent to talk to their child about these difficult uh, topics and subjects has just been amazing. So, yeah, it's something we're really, really proud of. And I think, as you say, it's allowing children to talk about those topics in a way that makes sense for them. Because I was only talking to a friend the other day who said she had another friend who, again, as you said, the kid's gone through IVF. And he was, he didn't quite understand what that meant. And it's about putting it into perspective. And I spoke to a lady on the podcast last week who writes all these books about children that girls love to fart and girls can have stinky bums. And again, it's about that gender of, oh, why can't a girl be like that? And we were talking about actually allowing diversity to be in books. Yeah. Totally. And it's, it's breaking down those stereotypes, you know. Um, so that's that's exactly where we've come at it from in terms of neurodiversity in our books. Um, 
to talking about kind of conditions that maybe are not uh, are not as known. Uh, so it's it's just being able to have a resource for for parents, for teachers to be able to come to. But more importantly, um, those children can then look at them, look at the pictures, talk about their own uh, their own story in that way. And it's nice. It's nice and simple. It's for primary age kids. Okay. Uh, so. And as you said, anyone can access them through the website. Yeah, that's right. So um, the books are available on littlebeam.co.uk. And so they can access the books there. Also tells them about the foundation and our mental health clothing range, which is all about breaking down stereotypes. I love that. It just it sounds like you're very, very busy. Oh, always. We, exactly. But, you know, it's a bit like what we were talking about before we started. When you're passionate about what you do, it doesn't feel like work, does it? Yeah. So, you know, I'm really, really fortunate to love what I do. And more importantly, that we're helping people to to take their next steps and just feel empowered by it, whether that's the young or the old. So, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm grateful for what I do. So where is the future of Little Beam? What do you see it growing as? Yeah, so actually we we're just about to take on three employees. So we've just took on three Kickstarters, again, just to try and give back to that younger age generation who are maybe struggling to get into work at the moment. So they're coming to work for us and they're going to each lead up different aspects of our business and projects, which is fantastic. Uh, but long term, it's just just keep growing, just to keep building those resources and connections to help support children, adults and teachers in education and leaders to be able to look after their mental health and well-being. Um, and then the, the foundation itself is officially going to be launched next year. Believe it or not, we've had it for a year, but it's taken us a year to get a bank account with COVID. Yeah. Um, so that's where uh, where that is at so we're really excited for next year to see where the foundation goes and to start helping people in a different way that way too yeah it just sounds such a, an amazing thing to do and you're based in Leicester but this will be UK wide yep. is that right yeah exactly so we're based in Leicestershire um a lot of the work that I do one-to-one -one from a life and business perspective I do on Zoom so you could be anywhere in the world that doesn't matter uh but with the mental health foundation uh with the mental health clothing with the books they tend to stay within the uk the books have gone over to america and canada to be fair but yeah so um you can access all that online amazing so i finish each podcast with asking my guests if you had a pot of gold at the end of your rainbow what would be in it so what would be in your pot of gold oh wow okay great question in my pot of gold would be uh resources more resources and more people uh so just to be able to support all of those people that we've talked about but with that is that resource of coming at it with a full heart with fulfillment with joy with honesty with authenticity uh and just to be able to embrace each other encourage each other celebrate each other and in doing so we're just um we're going to have that knock-on effect of paying it forward even more i love that what a full pot of gold that is Oh, so, yes. Oh, yes. Thank you. Oh, can I say we've got www.littlebean.co.uk and you're on Instagram and things as well. Is that right? Yeah, on Instagram as well. Yeah. And then if you want to connect with me directly for the life and business coaching, uh, just look up Kerry Hearsey Coaching on any of the social media platforms or my website is www.kerryhearsey.com. And Hearsey is not spelt like the old uh, group back in the 90s or 2000s because a lot of people how do you say it is it hearsay I'm like no that's the group uh so it's ey 
and uh, yeah just feel free to connect drop me a dm i'm always uh, open to chatting to people brilliant and i'll put all the links in the bio anyway but thank you very much for coming on the podcast it's been great to chat and take care everyone that's listening and i will speak to you soon bye for now